and we should be streaming. Okay. All I see is black from you, Justin. Still? Yeah, just black screen. Okay, well, I'll look on pre Oh, uh, I see just fine. Okay. Could uh, be my issue then. Okay, so um, welcome everyone to the third Monero Coffee Chat. So I thought we wouldn't have technical issues, but apparently, I guess you can decide. Um, <laughs> so yeah, starting a few minutes late. So I'm my name is Justin. So you may know me as Samsung Galaxy Player. We're just going to go through introductions to begin with. Uh, or SGP on Reddit. Uh, and so we're just going to go through everyone else. So, Rayrar, do you want to start real quick introducing yeah. yourself? I'm Rayrar. Uh, I made the getmonero.org website. I do other web work around uh, the. Um, there's my camera. I do other web work around the community, and I do a bunch of other stuff also. Uh, just whatever I can get my hands into, whatever I can dig into. You know, I just I just like to be a part of everything. So I get I, I do a, quite a bit of stuff. Okay, cool. And then uh, Mike. Yeah, hey, I'm Mike. Uh, some people might recognize me from my podcast, Monero Monitor. Um, I've been around a while and uh, built a couple apps a few years ago that sort of helped people that wanted to do some stuff with Monero before stuff was around. Uh, I had a wallet for a little while that I maintained, but kind of abandoned it um, when the GUI came out. Um, and uh, yeah, I haven't been quite as active lately because... Life has been busy, but uh, happy to be here. Excellent. So, um, okay, so I just wanted to have a brief outline here. I still, again, want it to be mostly informal, but I can start talking about work groups in general because this is a new, uh, so we've been kind of working on trying to get work groups established for some time in the community and so forth, but we're really having a push recently in order to kind of formalize these a little bit and give these work groups a little bit of resources. So Rayrar, you wrote uh, on the Git Monero website a release on the work group and resources. So do you want to speak a little bit about like what work groups are and what resources there are? And then afterwards we can try going through Taiga and walk people through it. Yeah, uh, sure. Just one moment. I'm logging on to the uh, YouTube chat also just to make sure if if anybody has any questions. <clears throat> so work groups. Um, I don't know if many of you read the blog post. Uh, if you didn't, it's on getmonero.org uh, under the blog section where you usually go to read the uh, dev, uh, MRL, and uh, the, the coverage chat logs uh, for the meetings that we have, uh, which if you don't come to those meetings, by the way, you are more than welcome. They are completely open. Uh, and the dates are posted on the GitHub issues. Uh, <clears throat> so, on the meta repo. So, uh, the community resources and the whole work groups idea is uh, you know, there's actually a really big misconception as to how Monero runs in general. Um, and I, I actually just made a, a comment not long ago, um, yesterday or a couple days ago, about this. Specifically, people think, you know, Fluffy Pony, he, he leads this project. They think Fluffy Pony is the leader of the project. And that's not true. Um, he does a lot for us. You know, he is one of seven core team members that consider themselves stewards of the project, not leaders. Stewards, you know, uh, kind of setting the vision, setting the goal, and protecting Monero, uh, the code base, and, and stuff from anyone, even 
if each other, even each other if necessary. Um, you know, uh, and you can find who those core team members are on the team portion of the website. And those, uh, Monero is really completely grassroots community initiative driven. Um, it's all us, you know, it really is. And we don't need anybody's permission. Some people think, oh, I got to go ask permission from one of these guys. No, just like do what you do, you know. Um, and they, they do a really good job of community consensus. You know, like uh, if some if community wants something to be merged or something, they'll go ahead and do that. Uh, the other thing they manage is, you know, the the the, the GitHub and the, the code in, stored in the other places like GitLab. And <clears throat> all the core team members have, have the password to this. So, you know, they can, uh, uh, anybody can merge things, but uh, for sake of simplicity and for sake of getting things done, you know, different people are kind of considered the, the go-to for getting things merged. For right now, for the website and for the GUI, that's Luigi. Um, and for uh, the, the, the rest of most of stuff, oh, also Luigi does the meta repo. For the rest of most of stuff, uh, Fluffy Pony uh, does it, like the, the actual, um, the core like CLI type stuff. And I, I'm sorry, I'm going on a bit of a rant here, uh, but this is very important to, to talk about how work groups function. So, <clears throat> you know, Fluffy Pony, he does, he does awesome stuff. He, he kind of became the de facto leader kind of after taco time in people's minds because he started going around and speaking publicly about Monero. And he, he, uh, he makes a lot of uh, personal sacrifices that are very visible in scope for Monero. And so people see that, you know, and they like to rally behind that kind of stuff and, you know, as they should. And so uh, they, they see Fluffy Pony as the leader, but that's not necessary. That's not the case. We are. We determine where the future of Monero goes. It is very important. Um, if you have an idea, if you want Monero to be going a certain direction, it's up to you to get that done. You know, you can't say, well, you know, I, I need to convey this to these people or these people need to get this done. That's not how this works. And so um, we kind of got together. And I talked with several core team members and I say, hey, you know, if this is a reality, if this is really the case, we are lacking resources wherein work groups or otherwise, uh, you know, to redefine it, just a, a group, a small group of people uh, that are dedicated to a certain cause that benefits Monero. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, they want to see that cause become a reality. They can be a group of designers. They can be a group of website builders. They could be anything, you know, it can be anything. It can. Um, and I, I talked to them and I said, hey, we don't have the resources to get this done. Uh, and so I had found, uh, you know, we had a Slack and there was a lot of people that were not thrilled that Slack is proprietary and then we don't control the data and that uh, anyone can look at it. Uh, well, not anyone can look at it, but anyone from Slack, you know, Slack can do whatever they want with that data. Uh, so we're like, okay, let's move to something open source. So I found Mattermost and uh, in the same way, I found Taiga, which is an agile development uh, environment wherein, so, sorry. Uh, so these two, uh, Mattermost and Taiga, they help people, they help work groups form organically and naturally where people can say, okay, we have this idea um, and maybe we're not super familiar with GitHub because that's... Um, we're one second, I think. You just cut out. Yeah, you cut out for a few seconds. Um, is it still with us? Yeah. Like he's talking. Yeah, so Ray Rar, you actually dropped out for a second. So um, <laughs> I suppose we can come back to uh, those discussions. Uh, is, is he working for anyone else or is it 
No, I don't. I don't hear anything. I hear I you. I don't hear him either. Okay, let me just message him real quick and just say hello. <laughs> Drop. Make sure you dropped out. Uh, okay. Oh, he died. Yep. <laughs> it's informal. We just have people that just come and go. Internet disconnected every so often. You know. Um, He's back. Yeah, so he he, hey. went, he, just, he spoke a little while in the work groups. And yeah, we carry. Okay, yeah. So so sorry about that, guys. Uh, my, All right, Mattermost. Yeah, Tygun Mattermost. Take it away. Um, it allows work groups and stuff to kind of form organically because they say, hey, we want to, we want, we have this idea, we want to see it become reality, but we don't have the tools to get this done. Because um, not everybody's familiar with GitHub. It's more for coders. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I mean, if, and if you've got coders, you know, you're more than welcome to use GitHub. Uh, but uh, yeah, Taiga allows kind of uh, a, a flow of productivity that is visible to everyone in the project. And actually, people outside of the project, um, they can kind of go on the Taiga because everything's very public and take a look at everything that's going down. Uh, so we just want to empower the community to be able to do the kind of things that we say that, that the community should be doing. And so we go ahead and take a look at those, taiga.getmonero.org and also mattermost.getmonero.org. And the cool thing is they integrate with each other. So if you send me a message, it's like, hey, uh, we made this Taiga, uh, we made this channel in the Mattermost, you know, can we get them to relay to each other? So basically whenever uh, a Taiga user story is updated, um, <clears throat> you know, from in progress to done or something like that, a, a bot um, will send a message to the Mattermost channel that you specify saying, hey, this got updated. So everyone in the chat, even if they're not in the Taiga, can see kind of the flow of things as they move along. Um, Unfortunately, the bot, <laughs> it's actually, uh, it's pretty funny. It, uh, it, the person who sets the bot up is for that, it, it shows that person's name. So right now there's a lot of RAR bots floating <laughs> around the matter most, kind of updating people's taigas. But uh, uh, follow yeah, the but, same convention that I did for the, the IRC bots and name it like Slack underscore. You, I don't think you can name them. Or taiga. It, make, make a new account. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. That, that makes a lot of sense. I could go ahead and do that. Do you guys see me or not? It appeared, but uh, we can still hear you. Okay. Well, that's, that's too bad. For all my fans out there, I greatly apologize. Yeah, so, um, I'm gonna, so we're going to try and use this uh, broadcasting screen sharing functionality. Justin. Actually, for, for one second, I, I believe we have a couple new people that connected during uh, we were talking. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if the intro phase is still happening or what's going on right now, but uh, that's a thing. Yeah, so I, I, I think I'm going to try and show Taiga while we're just on the topic, and then we can go back and have everyone introduce themselves. All right, sounds good. Uh, so let me... Okay, so does everyone see... So Rayhard disconnected again. But does everyone see my screen? Um, does, does everyone else see my screen? Yeah. I'm getting a lot of empty space, so I'm assuming no. No, no, no. Yeah, I see it. Okay. Okay, perfect. So. This is the Taiga interface. So if you just go to taiga.getmonero.org, this is what you'll see. Um, and of course, you can log in and sign up over here. 
And so we'll, let's just walk through a few of these projects real quick and so people can kind of see how they're used. So we use, we use the idea of a work group pretty broadly. So okay, so it should be streaming now again. Hello again, everybody. Hey, people. Yeah. What's up, party people? Wait, no, wrong, wrong video. <laughs> yep, wrong video for that one. Um, okay, so how about we have everyone introduce themselves again? Uh, for those who are new to the, who just came in recently, can you introduce yourself? So let's start with Alex. So Alex, okay, so I that bad connection. Yes. Your yeah, microphone. Check. Yeah, check chat. Okay, okay. So if he wants to speak up, he can. Otherwise, uh, let's move on to XMR Scott. Make sure to unmute yourself when you want to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, there's a lot of background sound going in in my house. Um, but yeah, uh, my name is Scott. Uh, joined the community around January. Primarily, most of my contributions have been giving presentations about privacy and Monero within my community and then um, doing translation work. I was kind of out for the past two months just because of a lot of life events, but um, I'm gonna hopefully in the next two months get back in and hopefully optimize our work with uh, Ericone, the better process for having people in the community translate uh, for the various uh, projects that need translated. Awesome. Yeah, the, uh, the work done by Ercisione, and he recently published a form funding system for that. It's a proposal for that, but it's really, I, I think it's really beneficial for the community. He's done a lot of work there, so thanks for helping them with that too. Okay, um, need money, do you wanna speak? Uh, yeah, sure. <clears throat> Um, so, I mean, I've been around the community for a while. I run relays between uh, Slack and IRC, uh, do a bunch of moderation. I started XMR Trader. Um, big story about that, not uh, not for here, but uh, that was a bunch of drama in the history. Um, I guess I just do like odd jobs around the community um, when things pop up that need doing. Um, Glad to be here. Okay, awesome. Um, so it looks like Rayware is still kind of having issues. <laughs> a persistent issue. Um, however, we can move on uh, a little bit and let's let's start off by just speaking about like the really cool events that are, or the events that should unfold at least this December because I mean that's obviously this month and so I'd like to speak about those real quick. So. I kind of have three things uh, that I would like to mention. So first, um, Ray Rar, if he can, he can chime in if he's connected and so forth. But uh, last quarter, Ray Rar's worked to start the first Rarum uh, Monero, which is a quarterly newsletter for Monero. And so you can view the previous uh, edition of on that if you'd like on GitHub. And uh, this month will really, uh, I believe it's expected for the fourth quarter. It would be it would make sense for the fourth quarter one to come out this month. Um, so is there anything else you want to mention about that quickly, Rira, or just um, that it's coming out this month, so keep an eye out for that? Uh, sure. So it's actually going to be um, a special edition, even though we won't. this is going to be the second issue. It's going to be a special edition that's going to be yearly. The fourth quarter is always going to try to be 75% uh, looking at the fourth quarter and kind of 25% 
looking at the year kind of in review just of, of the work groups in general. So um, it's going to be a bigger one. Um, I don't know if anyone saw the previous one, but it's probably going to be 50% bigger, somewhere around there. Um, we're going to be trying to add in a little bit more content and stuff like that. Uh, if you run a work group and you think that work group is big enough to uh, in the Monero project to be in the RevWall, right now we've got five things we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about development. We're going to be talking about community. We're going to be talking about Kavri, and we're going to be talking about uh, the hardware wallet. That's going to be new and put in there. And we're going to be talking about Monero Research Lab. If you believe you've got a project or something that's big enough to kind of have a section of its own, as in you've got enough news and enough big stuff going on uh, to be included in its own section, uh, go ahead and let me know. We can discuss it, and we can see about um, maybe giving it, giving a section to something like that. Excellent. So, yep, you can see that be coming out this month um and then i know the two that people always bring up because everyone's really anxious to learn more about it and kind of see what it is and also people are anxious to even have additional resources so there's the globy fundraiser and there's the my monero wallets which are expected to be released before the globy fundraiser takes full effect and so i don't really have any additional details to speak about these so i unfortunately can't answer any additional questions but if you would like to learn more, you can always go through the form funding uh, proposals for those, uh, at least for Globy, to kind of try and figure out what the general concepts are. In addition, Mike uh, gave, in his most recent podcast, spoke with Globy, including Ricardo and several others, in speaking a little bit more on that project, <laughs> just to give a little bit more hints so you can listen there. Uh, we, we learned that, uh, they're not going to be taking out a Super Bowl ad, so that's disappointing uh, because we know we all wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> they said maybe um, rugby, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we still. It might be for rugby, the South African rugby uh, event or whatever. <laughs> but I, I know that we're all really excited for that, um, and so I hope that we'll still meet the deadlines of those because that would be extremely exciting. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Again, I unfortunately don't have any other details of that. Um, does anyone else have any updates that they would like to speak about? Meeting over. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll throw this out there. Uh, I talked about this on my podcast a while back, but uh, I'm I'm kind of ramping up the idea of starting a Denver Monero meetup. Um, and uh, there's a I know that there's a few Monero people out here, but if there's anybody that I haven't talked to about it that's in the area, um, get in touch with me somehow, and um, we can try and get that going. Yeah, I've actually met a lot of people, even like here in Minnesota, who are either or that are really involved with cryptocurrencies. Like back in Denver, it seems like everyone. Denver has, has like a huge. It has a huge community. It uh, largely seems to focus on Ethereum, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of OG Bitcoiners here too, uh, oh. so some of that might bleed over into Monero. China has the same problem. Um, most of the fans here are of Ethereum or Bitcoin, and not many people know about anything else. So I'm actually uh, also uh, in talks with some people here in getting some Chinese and Hong Kong Monero meetups going, maybe with some venture capital uh, promotion helping us out, actually. Wow. Sorry. 
So, wait, who is, is this Alex? Yes, this is Alex from Local Monero, sorry. Okay, do you, you want to take a second to introduce yourself too? Uh, I'm Alex from uh, Local Monero. Local Monero is a, a P2P uh, trading platform for Monero, and uh, we are in we are headquartered in Hong Kong. Um, so that's where I am. And uh, down in Hong Kong, there's there's really not very much exposure for anything outside of Bitcoin and, of course, Ethereum. Now, Ethereum is way more popular for um, sort of people who are uh, who, who missed out on the Bitcoin train and they're trying to, you know, get rich quick, just like pretty much anyone who's getting into Ethereum, all they want to do is just get rich quick. Um, so outside of Ethereum, there's really not much development at all. I mean, not even Litecoin. People barely talk about Litecoin down here in China. So um, Vitalik Buterin, you know, the guy, the, the guy behind Ethereum, he recently came down to Shenzhen. Shenzhen is a city in mainland China that's right on the border with Hong Kong. So there's a lot of sort of... Um, crossing over between Hong Kong and Shenzhen and um, he got huge crowds coming to his meetups uh, he uh, tried to speak Chinese he I believe he learned a little bit of Chinese specifically to uh, help propagate ethereum uh, in China so China is, is sort of hot on ethereum as the altcoin but uh, we we intend to uh, we intend to change that uh, very soon Hopefully, starting from um, Shenzhen, also actually, yeah. It definitely helps to have a lot of local communities because they're accessible in a different way than online communities are. So, sure, anyone can go to Mattermost or hop on IRC or go to Reddit or whatever. But for some people, they definitely prefer to meet in person. And they're more willing to ask follow-up questions or listen to discussion if they're at a meeting in person. So yeah, uh, that's something that I've kind of experienced and something that uh, I believe that the Monero community should really try and promote. So it's, it's good to hear that there's interest among several of you of starting a lot of these local groups. I think that Monero is a large enough coin at this point where there should be enough interest surrounding it. And oh. I think if you just clearly convey the message that, okay, well, we believe the most clear use case for like a decentralized and secure system is privacy and kind of explain why. And hopefully that'll, hopefully other people will agree, I suppose. Justin, let, let me tell you one thing. Um, I've, uh, I've uh, talked about Monero with, with a lot of people. Now, uh, I, I myself, uh, I'm Russian, even though I sound American. Um, but I, I speak fluent English, Russian, and, and uh, Mandarin Chinese, and, and I've spoken with uh, Europeans and Russians and, and Chinese people about Monero and uh, Americans as well. And, and I found the easiest out of all the uh, nationalities, out of all the people, to, to explain uh, Monero to in terms of how quickly they, they understand how awesome it is. I find that the Chinese are the easiest. I don't know why, but it's it's like as soon as you talk about privacy, they're 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 on board just like that, right? Because, um, and I'm not talking about all Americans, of course, but 
when I talk to Americans, a lot of them are like, okay, you know, like privacy is important, but you know, isn't it just for criminals and you know, all the usual stuff people say when, when you mention privacy. But the Chinese guys, they don't they don't mention that at all. They're like, you say privacy and, and they're on board. They're like, oh yeah, I totally get how this is so much more awesome than Bitcoin. So I I I I see a bright future when it comes for for Monero in in this uh, China region. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you're able to bring that experience to the table because um, although I took some Spanish classes, uh, I I don't really speak Spanish very well, and so <laughs> we definitely we definitely need a greater push in the community to allow these connections to exist. So I'm really glad to hear that you're helping build those. Um, and so, as XMR Scott alluded to, that he's working with Ercisione at kind of organizing a lot of the actual localization efforts. Um, does anyone also want to speak a little bit more about the actual localization of Monero or some some ways that the community has worked in order to make it more accessible to a wider range of people so that we're not only communicating with those who speak English, who uh, might be extremely interested in using Monero as a tool for privacy or uh, as like a financial freedom purpose or whatever it might be and just want to and just are unaware of it now because they just haven't heard about it. Yeah, I, I got I got one thing to say. I mean, I can't speak for the Monero translations work group, which is uh, I'm not headed. I don't head, but um, is that how you say his name? Ercicione, Ercicione, something like that. Uh, he he heads that. So you can go to um, uh, hashmonero-translations on IRC, or we've got a relay on Mattermost and stuff, and you can talk with him if you want to get involved in translating different stuff. So Kavri, the Kavri website has had a uh, localization thing for a while now. It's It's got English, it's got Russian and Spanish and a couple other languages. And we're actually just about to add Danish, I think. We got a uh, pull request for that. So we're gonna, I'm going to take a look at that, make sure everything's all good. So pretty cool. Um, I have been, the past month, one of the things I've been working on is bringing that same uh, localization plugin for the Jekyll, uh, which is what we use to build the website, to getmonero.org. So very, very soon, I'm hoping, you know, running into a couple little hiccups here and there, but. Uh, very, very soon, we should be able to see getmonero.org translated into many other languages, uh, all of the content there, you know, and it's great content. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping within a week we can get that up there, you know. So, uh, yeah, uh, localization effort. I'm going to be working with Ercisione to uh, get that up and going as well in terms of, you know, getting the Taiga set up for that and, uh, so people can go ahead and, and sign up for the Taiga and say, okay, what needs doing? Which pages are already done? Which What pages need validation uh, type stuff? So, have you, have you already started working with RCCONA for that? Yeah, we've had a conversation or two. Excellent. Yeah, I know, I know that uh, even on very early versions of the previous website design that we've had, that there's always been an intent for it to work with other languages and so forth. So I think that this is a very important step in getting, you know, getting the actual website updated so that it can support other languages will really allow the community to. Justin, is there, are you aware of any effort to uh, translate the introductory video, the Get Monero sort of, you know, the video that we have on the page? Yes, yeah, so let me, let me take, check the tag here. I, I know that there's, 
I, I know that a lot of people would like to. I think at the moment it's mostly working with the subtitles to begin with. I don't know if there's discussion of the voiceover, but I can check to see uh, videos. So I, I think they're working on translating the scripts at the moment, and then those can be used either for the subtitles to be changed or for someone else to do a voiceover. Uh, can I find the um, uh, the script on on Taiga? Uh, I don't believe they're uploaded. It should be uploaded Taiga. I don't believe they're there though. They're on GitHub though. So if you go to um, Alvin Joel Santos's um, repo, they have all of the. I'll post it here in in JC Port. I'll actually post it in the YouTube chat. Um, right. The GitHub link that just contains all of the existing scripts. And then these need to be translated, and then they'll be posted um, in the tie up, appropriate tie-up project. So I, I think right now it looks like it's mostly outlined. There was some work done in, for previous translations. So within GitHub, they have a few updated translations. And um, these actually are more, there's a good amount of work that has already gone into a lot of these translations. and so. I suppose a lot of it will be finding someone to do a voiceover for it, but that's something that we're kind of establishing the framework now to actually do. Does that answer your question? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I have a special program. I think it's called Aegis Sub. Even if the scripts is not available, I, I can still I can still do a, uh, um, a translation into Russian. Maybe I can even do the Russian voiceover if if my uh, if my voice is pleasant enough for that. Uh, one second, There's, I just got a link from Ercisione, so just checking that out real quick. Um, yeah, he, he also linked this to me, which is it's a milestone that just contains the description. So it's like a summary page from the video scripts. So it's probably in the beginning. I was looking in the Kanban boards. So. There's a few, there's a little bit other information there too, um, but as you can see, we're definitely trying to transition to using Taiga for a lot of these planning tools so that everyone really stays up to date. And if you are just watching and want to learn more about what everyone is really doing, of course, check GitHub to check the development and so forth. But checking Taiga is a great way to see okay what have other people been doing too. It's all open for you to see. It's pretty nice. Um, Okay, so I, I want to speak a little bit now, unless anyone has anything else to add real quick, um, on the form funding system uh, updates. So we had uh, a, a recent proposal for a graphical user interface redesign, uh, such that it will support like a dark and light version and just refresh it up a little bit. That one, I'll, I'll post the link in YouTube again, but that one has been fully funded. so. Uh, the person who is working on the project has already started working on it even before the proposal, but uh, this will give them the ability to continue working on it and so forth. Uh, so that'll be really cool. Uh, has everyone here seen the mock-ups for the new GUI redesign? Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Anyone else have any opinions about them? I think it looks great. I don't really use the GUI that much, <laughs> so I don't you want to pass too much. Have a user? Yeah. Awesome. 
Okay. Well, yeah, so it'll, it's basically like a, a refresh name and brings a dark theme. So I know a lot of people wanted a dark theme, and so that I'll do that for that too. Um, of course, we've been speaking pretty much the entirety of this meeting so far on localization. Uh, Eric Cicione has his own Chrome funding system where he's trying to dedicate more time to actually manage these and so forth. So again, post my link there. Um, and then one I didn't see, I, I kind of was checking uh, form and stumbled across this one by accident um, because I, for some reason I had missed it. But someone is working on building out a Python module for Monero. Uh, does anyone else know more about that? Because I literally just saw that this morning. I don't know how I missed it. Yeah, I remember when it got posted originally as a as a um, proposal. I don't know if it's been funded or not yet. Um, it, but they're it, building off of my old Monero Pi module, I believe. Um, I, I gave them some feedback at the time and hadn't heard anything, so I assume that everything's going fine. But they're trying to make a, a, a kind of Python module that somebody who maybe is using, you know, runs a website with a Python backend can integrate Monero wallets into their website um, and uh, some other stuff as well. Um, what's already in that module is you know, some basic wallet functions like key derivation and uh, message signing and stuff like that. Uh, but there's certainly a long way to go, which is why I've never, you know, published it as a full module or anything. Um, so I don't know what kind of progress there's been in the last couple of weeks. They might be waiting to see if it gets funded or not. Um, I don't know what kind of demand there is for it either. Uh, maybe that's part of why it hasn't had a whole lot of attention. Um, but, uh, you know, the there's the project that Peter Todd runs for Bitcoin um, that's sort of like the Python Bitcoin lib that is sort of unofficially known as the Swiss Army knife of Bitcoin. Um, and if we had something like that for Monero, I think that'd be great. Uh, so it, it, if I don't I don't know the extent of that proposal in terms of how much functionality was going to be there, but I know RPC stuff for wallet and daemon interaction was going to be part of it. Um, and then I assume building out a little more some of the wallet stuff that I'd already started. So we'll see. Yeah, so it's not a re-implementation. Uh, sorry, Justin. It's not a re-implementation of, of uh, Monero in Python. It's just like a, a, an interface that, that makes calls to the RPC. Well, so that's where I don't know. So um, I had previously re-implemented a number of things and taken some stuff that Shen um, from the Monero Research Lab, the, the author of Ring CT some stuff he had written, um, but it was kind of all dispersed. And I put it all into a package um, and, you know, made sure that it worked with multiple versions of Python and things like that. Um, the problem that you have with trying to re-implement Monero in Python is that you're going to have all kinds of issues with, first of all, um, making sure that you're side channel attack resistant. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of these libraries that are cryptographic libraries they're designed to be constant in time um, so that when you do a key derivation or you do a key signing or something like that, a message signing, uh, you don't uh, allow somebody who has some kind of side channel access to be able to infer what your key was based on how long it took to do the calculation and what types of you know memory usage and stuff like that. And it's really hard to do that type of thing in Python. But what you can do in Python is you can create wrappers around, you know, C and C++ libraries. Um, and that's something that I would love to do, but I don't have the time to do it. Uh, and so it was something I recommended, I believe, back in that Reddit post that first announced the uh, the proposal. 
um, where you're not re-implementing any of the cryptography in Python, but you're creating ways for Python to interact with it. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to do that or not. I know, I know that RPC was one of the main things that was being discussed, um, which is fine. And, and there's some stuff already out there that just needs to be updated in order to do that. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, from what I know about the, the, the Bitcoin Swiss Army knife that was mentioned by Justin, uh, it's actually uh, a, a full sort of implementation of Bitcoin. Uh, and I think it's written in, in Java or something like that. And, and it has full wallet capabilities with, with, with all the generation and with all the transaction signing. And, uh, yeah, so that's so. Bitcoin J. Uh, yeah. and, and that'd be another thing. It'd be great if there was a Monero J, like some type of Java implementation. Right. I mean, my, my personal belief on all of this though, is that like a lot of the code base is still, uh, or at least maybe six months ago was still very much in flux. Um, and you know, we hard fork every six months. And so part of the problem with maintaining a second implementation, um, that isn't just drawing from certain libraries and then creating functionality for different languages to use those libraries is that you need maintainers to maintain all of the different implementations in all of the different languages, um, which I don't think Monero has the resources for right now. Uh, we, don't have, and, we, don't, we don't have the people, we don't have the manpower. Um, so. And additionally, uh, depending on uh, whether it's just the superficial parts uh, or whether we actually poured over the consensus parts of the code, we could experience uh, Issues along this the same lines that the various Ethereum wallets were having. Yeah, I mean, you, you see that even in Bitcoin, where yeah. BTCD, uh, the the Go implementation, found all kinds of weird corner cases that uh, you know Go implements a certain type of functionality one way, and C implements it another way, and C was actually kind of like a weird way to do it, but they had to make the Go one match it because otherwise you would have um, yeah, you'd have issues where the two different implementations would not agree on the state of the network and they would fork from one another. And yeah, we see that in Ethereum like every two months or something. So, uh, perfectly fine. It's the feature. <laughs> so, um, I, as you know, I'm mostly a non-coder. I mean, I'm in the process of taking visual basic classes, but I really don't know much of anything uh, to be frank. So, Ooh, so we're going to have Monero me? visual basic. That's good. <laughs> So can you just explain uh, like the real benefits that if Monero was, uh, if Monero had, su suppose it had unlimited developer resources and money and time and so forth, what would the benefits of having a completely rebuilt system such as Monero J over a plugin to interface with Monero's existing code? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So. What I'll, what I'll say about Bitcoin J is it was designed to be a light interface. Uh, and so a lot of the SPV wallets that are um, not full nodes in Bitcoin, at least early on, were built off of Bitcoin J. Now that a lot of them are built in JavaScript and other things like that. Um, and so what I'll then say is that if you look at Monero, we kind of have that same thing with how... Um, with how my Monero has been being built out. And yeah, the, the like code base for my, my Monero hasn't really been like spun off into its own JavaScript library or anything like that, but you certainly could go and grab all of that stuff and use it to implement a wallet. And I, and I believe um, that the, 
the my Monero apps that are going to be out for all the different platforms have sort of taken that idea. Now, I also think that they might be being re-implemented in something other than JavaScript. I forget exactly. It's been a while since I've looked at that. Um, but uh, yeah, when when you implement a lot of the wallet functionality in other languages, then you allow just like a much easier um, ability to program for different things. So for instance, if you want to make an Android app that runs extremely efficiently, one good way to do that would be to have a Java implementation of a library. Um, if you want to have a web wallet, you need to have a JavaScript library. Um, if you want to have something that runs natively on iOS, you would want Swift or Objective-C or something like that. Um, and in most of those cases, you can take a lot of the more uh, complicated cryptography that goes on and keep that implemented in C or C++ and create ways that um, that all those different languages can, can interact with it. That can be harder in some ways and it can be easier in others because you don't have to maintain a separate implementation of all of that. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a trade-off whether you want to be, you know, pure one language or some type of cross between the different things. Now, the one thing I will say with Monero that I have found uh, interesting when I'm trying to do this stuff in Python um, is there are, you know, there are implementations of these libraries um, that are doing exactly what I'm talking about, where you've got like hashlib in Python that it it calls um, hashing functions from C or C++ or something. I don't know what it's written in. And then allows you to use that in, in Python. And that works great. Um, but with Monero, we have some kind of weird stuff that goes on with some of the different algorithms that we have. Um, some of them are very standard, uh, but just one, for instance, we don't we don't use like the official Kekak or Kekak or whatever it's pronounced, um, the SHA-3 hash function. We use like a slightly older version of it uh, that has a couple small differences and getting that implemented using one of these hashing libraries is just a little more challenging. Um, it is a nightmare. Yeah. But uh, but at the same time, it's doable, and and yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that like, I think if if there was somebody who could de devote you know full time or half time of their resources to a pro a problem like this, we would be able to have great libraries. Um, I just don't know if we have the people to or not. But something like this form funding um, proposal might be a way to be able to get somebody to be kind of in charge of that. Um, my worry would be that after the foreign funding is up, what happens to the library? Does it continue to get maintained? Um, do we do just another form funding and get it, you know, get get another round of funding for it? Or does it just go by the wayside because there's nobody that can run it? Um, which I'm kind of guilty of because some of the stuff I've built out, I've just quite frankly gotten too busy with other things to be able to continue maintaining. So that's one reason I'm happy to hand it off to somebody. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's, when when all of the code base is written on you know GitHub slash Monero project slash Monero, uh, then that means that you have a lot of eyes all looking in the same place. And as soon as you start to split it off into lots of different things, now you need more eyes, or else you're going to have parts of projects that don't have eyes on it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. Part of that, I think, there's been a lot of talk always of having a lot of the Monero stuff be split off into a library that can then get integrated into lots of things, which I think would be great um, because then you wouldn't need to replicate it in all these other languages. So, Justin, just just to summarize uh, Mike's answer to your question, essentially, what what is the benefit of of um, devoting resources to having 
libraries in, in different languages, different re-implementations of Monero, when someone is constructing a, an application or, or a business around Monero, if there is a high availability of uh, different uh, implementations of Monero in the language that is relevant to a particular um, service or, or application, uh, that would significantly simplify the development, especially if it's a well-maintained, well-documented sort of um, uh, library like Bitcoin J is, right? So, so if if you're building a local Monero, and and if your backend is written in Java, then having a uh, a Monero J would significantly speed up uh, your development process. Uh, a lot of our development process when we were making local Monero was uh, essentially just trying to get the uh, current Monero RPC interface do exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, in the ways we wanted to do, and, and managing all the communication that happens between our backend and the XMR um, RPC interface. Now, if 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 we had a a library from the beginning uh, already existing that we could integrate uh, into our existing uh, backend code base, that would probably speed up our development by by maybe even a factor of two. Because a lot of the work that we'd done at local Monero was essentially re-implementing re a lot of Monero's functions uh, in in the language of our backend. So I would I would say the value uh, would be enormous in having uh, re-implementations of Monero in Java or in JavaScript or in other uh, popular sort of backend or frontend development languages, um, because it would allow uh, a a lower barrier of entry. For, for new businesses. And that would in turn generate, I think, a, a positive feedback loop because the more businesses that rely on this library, the more businesses will be interested in uh, maintaining that library and the more resources will be de devoted into, into the development of these libraries. So right now what we see with Bitcoin J, uh, because so many businesses and, and applications depend on, on, on Bitcoin J, uh, because their backend is is in in, in Java or or their an application on Android which uses Java, uh, they are interested in Bitcoin's J's continual main maintenance and and updates. So, it, it's kind of a, a positive feedback loop, and uh, there, there there needs to be sort of a a jump start to 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 do these things because uh, it, it can be difficult specifically because of the reasons that Mike stated, like like reinventing. Um, the uh, encryption algorithms, uh, like like the older version of Kitchak. So, having having someone do that would really help, really help a lot. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I want to throw in there is that like, it's very dangerous to try and have multiple um, consensus implementations. So we see this in Ethereum. I think Need Money brought this up. It, if if you're trying to run three different code bases that all are supposed to be in consensus one another. Consensus critical parts, yeah. The consensus right, exactly. So if I'm if I'm running a if I'm running a Monero node that I need to rely on to be in consensus with the rest of the network, I'm going to use it. I, I'm going to run a node that I know is in consensus. And the one that I know is in consensus is the one that's part of the main Monero repo. Now in Bitcoin you see a couple things where um, people have taken the main Bitcoin repo and have um, forked it and added some type of functionality that they needed for their stuff, but didn't touch the consensus code. 
Um, and I think that's okay too. If somebody wanted to grab something like that with, uh, with Monero, that'd be great. What I would be worried about is if somebody tried to build from scratch, uh, something in go, for instance, that was trying to be perfectly in consensus and be its own full node, and then, you know, run a business critical operation using that, I would be worried that they could split off of consensus because of some kind of weird thing that's a difference in the two languages. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of value in having these in lots of languages for a lot of the non-consensus stuff. So a lot of the wallet functionality and a lot of the, you know, management of things. Um, but uh, at the same time, the consensus code is, it's really tough to be able to do that in multiple languages. So. Yeah, well, thank you for you know, the discussion of that. I'm, I'm sure that, uh, especially for some people who uh, aren't, don't have a lot of involvement in these different implementation items and so forth, they can kind of use this as a reference point to figure out like what the value is and also try and decide what development priorities we should really have going forward. Because um, like, like for instance, your weird like heck heck implementation. Like I, I know that in the Monero Research Lab, they've been speaking about wanting to change it so it's not their, you know, their, their older implementation of it, just get it, you know, up to real, the, the real standards that they have. And so I think that's something that's, uh, you know, important to discuss because uh, although the Monero has a lot of, a lot of contributors and so forth, uh, if we splinter off, it would be kind of difficult to maintain them all with constant changes. So I, I suppose that's something that's really hard to battle with all the time. So we're, we're nearing the, near the end. So if anyone is watching this and has a, a question they would like one of us to answer, make sure to let us know in the YouTube chat and uh, we'll make sure to answer it if we have time. Um, does anyone else have any last minute things they would like to cover? Just uh, some you know thoughts about Monero or yeah. you know, projects or what they're doing that's interesting? Uh, we haven't talked about the 34C3 uh, that's upcoming. I don't know uh, if any of you are going to uh, be showing up there, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm planning to be there December 20, uh, 26th through the 30th. Yeah, so um, it's, I, I am unfortunately not able to go there. Is anyone else in the channel able to go? I don't know what that is. Okay. So <laughs> Uh, it's it's a uh, big event in Germany. It's like DEFCON or uh, Black Hat in the U.S. It's like Europe's largest hacker conference. Monero has a booth there. Okay. Uh, that I'll be helping men. Yeah, so that's something that um, a lot of the Riot team in Austria, like they've been in contact with me just trying to, uh, to make sure that the resources they have to give out at those events during uh, 34C3 are up to par, updated, are uh, potentially even translated into multiple different languages so that they, they can give them out at the event and uh, make the event a, a success from uh, informing people about Monero, which is like the ultimate reason that I know a lot of people want to go or a lot of people are kind of interested in actually taking to go there. Um, so I, I think that's, uh, do you want to speak a little bit more need money about that a little bit? because um, again, I, I, I don't think anyone else in the channel has been there. <laughs> uh, uh, I haven't either. Like, I, I will happily speak about it in a coffee chat afterwards. But uh, for for the most part, this is the first time I'm going to a major event for Monero. Uh, and I'm going to be uh, quite happy to meet a number of the community people that I've been chatting with for uh, years and haven't actually met. 
So that'll, that'll be fun. Definitely. Um, I, I'm looking at other conferences and so forth too. So coming up, uh, there's the North American Bitcoin Conference in Florida, I believe it's in Miami. So Ricardo will be at that one. Um, and so, uh, of course, if you're around the area or interested, there's that one coming up. Uh, it's either December or January. It's January, I think, 18th or 19th okay. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was considering it until I realized that it was during a weekday during my first week of classes. So that's probably not going to work. That's syllabus week. You're fine. <laughs> but you need to show up or else they drop you from the class. So it's just a little disappointing. Um, uh, then there's consensus coming up. I'm not sure if Ricardo, he went last year. I'm not sure if he's going this year. I haven't gotten a verbal confirmation from him for that one. Um, but uh, if he is going, then that's something I'd be interested in because it's at the end, it's like mid to late uh, May. And then there's another conference in, uh, in California. It's, I don't remember, but it might be UC Berkeley. That's like a research conference. And I know that many Monero Research Lab people want to actually go to those. So hopefully they'll be able to make their way out. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm I right by Berkeley, so quite quite happy to go to that one if I can get a ticket. When is yeah, that? So I, w I would go on, um, if I were you, go, go on Monero Research Lab and just, um, just, rem just ask around uh, to see if people are actually like going through with their plans to, to go to that conference. It's definitely... Uh, like an academic-based conference where people submit research papers and then discuss them. It's not uh, as much of a business conference as like uh, as consensuses or the North American Bitcoin conferences. But uh, I imagine it would definitely still be really enjoyable. And learn a lot about. Uh, a lot probably of be more enjoyable to be honest. Limited. Gamers, uh, hopefully. Yeah, li limited uh, sales at that one, hopefully. <laughs> So does anyone have any closing remarks then? Peace out, party people. <laughs> Wrong channel. <laughs> this is not the right podcast. <laughs> it's actually, uh, it's, we just confirmed that uh, Mike is actually replacing Chris in his uh, Bitcoin Uncensored podcast. And oh, dang. To the it's not Bitcoin Uncensored, Uncensored anymore. Like, yeah, they, they broke up. Rose Uncensored. Rose Uncensored. <laughs> Yeah, we bring the two of them are bringing back uh, Bitcoin uncensored. Uh, nothing else from my end. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for the chat. Okay. Yep. Thanks everyone for making their way on. Uh, I know many of you. It's your first time here, so again, thanks for joining us. Um, Ray Rod, do you have anything that you'd like to end with, or are we good? I, uh, I, know, I, I think I'm good. It, it's good to have the people here that are that are watching. Oh no! No, I heard you. I, I heard that. We heard that. Nobody hears me. We yeah, no, that. we heard you. No. You're just on we heard you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. 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 Bye. Bye. Yep. Thanks everyone for coming. Um, I hope that despite some of the issues that we had that you're able to learn a lot. Again, please take the time to go on Taiga and just explore some of the projects that are available. But beyond that, again, thanks for watching. See you later. See ya.